The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Warning. This episode contains foul language, discussions about murder, animal mutilation, and child abuse. Sorry. are listening to Keep It Weird, the podcast for all things strange, unusual, paranormal, supernatural, creepy, sticky, gross, scary, and everything in between. Each week, we sit down with a friend, expert, or coworker, and we talk about something weird. This week, we have another hometown haunts episode coming your way. We're traveling to the lovely Midwestern state of Iowa. Monsters, murderers, and ghouls. Oh my, this place has it all. Sit back, relax, and try not to pee your pants as we explore Iowa together. My name is Lauren, and this is my co-host, Ashley. Hi, weirdos. (laughs) And joining us this week is a very special returning guest from way early in season one. Hey, girl. Her name is Carrie Dirksen. Hey, weirdos. Hey. What were you, episode five? Six. Yeah, we, we were six because wait, we talked about female murder. It's called Diary of a Female Serial Carry because oh, we might talked have been episode you. four. Yeah, I thought she was like three, three or four. Three was Tyler. No, it was you're early right. on. So you may have been four, four or five. Yeah, yeah. because I'm pretty so sure early. we recorded part of it and it didn't record, and we had to go back and do it again. Oh God, oh, that may have happened. That's okay. One of the er- uh, the early yeah, years we made of some the mistakes early on, even though that actually happened to us like a month and a half. That ago. did happen. To us. That's something but, that happens just across the board. I'm yeah. I'm a part of like a ton of all female podcaster groups on Facebook and stuff and even people who have been doing it for like years and years and have it down to a science are like I lost my whole episode right. and I'm just like uh, that yeah. is a literal recurring nightmare that I have I know that every we record time like a whole episode we record and I peek at the computer yeah. like is it still going is it, is it still, still moving <laughs> Hey, hey, Carrie. Hi, Carrie. Welcome back. Thanks for having me, guys. Of course. But we have we actually have a lot of people who like when we don't post, know where Iowa is. Well, one, don't <laughs> where know where is Iowa, Iowa is, two, but when we post about like what's been your favorite episode so far, a ton of people say female serial killers. I think oh. one, we had a great guest. Thanks. Thanks. <laughs> two, so morbid. And, and fascinating. It was because a dark just, episode. It was a very dark episode. It is true. fascinating as women. It is so many less women who are serial yeah. killers. And so. their motives are so different from mm-hmm. men. Yeah. Yes. That was really fascinating. Mm-hmm. It, it was is. a good episode. I liked it a lot. I yeah. feel like there, serial killers, especially in women, there are so few. But I think we should do another episode of just female murderers in general because there's a lot yeah. more of those. And it's always fascinating and always good. 
I think we could. I think we could get back into them. Pull that out. <laughs> let's just change. Let's just do that today. All right. Forget switch it up, guys. Screw everything. <laughs> so I have a we have story about myself. <laughs> <laughs> I was um, busy this week. I already asked you this, but we weren't recording. Where are you from in Iowa? I'm from a small town called Lamar's, which is northwest Iowa, if anyone is currently pulling up a map. Check it out. Um, it's about 10,000 people, so pretty pretty tiny. Yeah, that's about yeah. the size Close of my Close to like town. Nebraska border. Is it true that there's a lot of corn there? There is a lot of corn. Wow. Corn and beans. <laughs> History books were right. <laughs> told it's me pretty there would much be corn. just like Welcome Illinois, like it is. very yeah. flat cornfields, flat land, corn and beans. And are there very any, similar to Illinois. Are there any hilly areas in Iowa? Yeah, there's a lot of hills actually. Oh, oh. just kidding! Yeah. It's like Illinois got nothing. I would yeah, say we have Iowa we have some is probably more hilly than Illinois. Oh, I'm sure it is. There are not. Yeah. There's like zero hilly places in Illinois. Yeah, and I'm a. a dumbass i truly realized if anyone saw the movie three billboards outside of ebbing missouri i was watching that movie and the whole movie there's like mountains in the background and i was like yeah. this is so fake they're in missouri and there's <laughs> mountains and i think i was watching it with you and like our friend kayla and you were both like there are mountains there and are mountains in, in missouri. missouri and i was like i wouldn't yeah. know if i'd call them mountains but, but very large hills. large hills but i yeah. just i had a moment i thought yeah. everywhere in the midwest was completely flat and i was taught that that was incorrect well you're so. wrong because in illinois we've got cahokia mounds cahokia no no one what are I've never, what is that? Mounds? Never heard no. okay are they in southern illinois they are I believe the Cahokia mounds the Cahokia Indians mm-hmm. um the the Native Americans the Cahokians mm-hmm. lived in southern Illinois and the Cahokia mounds are their burial grounds essentially okay and they're these huge mount like man-made mounds like oh, they geez. made these mounds and they're all like buried under there it's real creepy I love it that's awesome yeah I feel like there's oh, places job, nearby Illinois. me that are like named after hills so well, yeah. I also am from Walnut Hill, which is hey. named Walnut Hill, hey, Hill because there's a walnut tree on a hill. So someone was <laughs> like, well, let's call it Walnut Hill. Walnut and it's been that way Hill. forever. I like it. Okay. There are anyway, hills yeah. in the Midwest. I'm sorry, everyone. <laughs> it's fine. It's full of hills. Fun Anyways. fact before we get into the crazy stuff, though. Yes, please. It is the ice cream capital of the world. <gasps> Iowa? So, I didn't no, know that. Well, oh. Lamar's is oh, where I really? grew up. So it's home to Wells Blue Bunny ice cream. No way. No. Yeah, that's amazing. Everyone so, loves Blue fun Bunny. Fun fact before we get into the dark Well, my stuff. hometown <laughs> is home of Country Bob's barbecue sauce. Hey. So everyone likes Peoria's barbecue. Peoria's <laughs> home of Caterpillar who makes tractors. Mm, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's, but everyone knows that company. company. I mean, it is a big company, but actually, sad fun slash fun fact, they recently just moved to Chicago, so Peoria doesn't even have that going for them anymore. Ah, Their headquarters so are in Chicago. <laughs> so so basically, you lied to all of us. Nothing. I did. I'm so sorry, everyone. Uh, okay. I'm a liar. We still uh, love you. Maybe not Peoria, but that's okay. <laughs> yeah, you don't have to love Peoria. <laughs> just kidding. Today, we're talking about, uh, we're doing another Hometown Haunts, one of our favorite so recurring fun. series and we're talking about Iowa. I didn't realize that you were from Iowa and I also didn't realize I had a friend who has even been in Iowa. So I'm so glad go. that you Yeah, <laughs> I know it was just broadening your horizons. Yes, you were. <laughs> We'd wanted to have you back on and then I had this moment. I think I texted Ashley first and was like, "Oh my gosh, Carrie's from Iowa." Like, <clears throat> whoever talks about Iowa, I'm sorry to say, but it just doesn't okay. come up a lot. It's fine. And so it's, it was so exciting. State. It's okay. But through our research, I think we can all agree like I was Got some messed up things going on. Oh, 100%. Oh, yeah. It's a great if you topic. you think about it, it's like small town, like 
shit that happens all the oh, yeah. time. So that's the creepiest. Because I think I remember telling you a ghost story. You may have. Or, oh, uh, the murder that I'm going to talk about. I remember oh, you being did. Like, oh, there was one like five miles from where I grew up when I was in fifth grade. And then that prompted the Iowa haunts. Yeah. It was so. like, you're coming on the cast. Coming back to the cast. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so today we're going to start with haunted places. Some haunts of Iowa. Yes. Love the haunted spots. So there were a ton, Iowa. You got a whole lot of haunted places, but I tried to narrow it down to just a few. So first I was going to jump into, there's this place called the Leffler House in Sioux City, Iowa. How far are you from That's Sioux City? 30 minutes. I was going to say. Hometown. Close by. Mm-hmm. So it's called you the Leffler House. You feel the ghosts from there. I Did you feel, feel the spirits? <laughs> I feel them now. <laughs> The Leffler House, located in Morningside, near Morningside College in Sioux City. Um, This house is known to be cursed, and people have seen crazy things that happen to it. So originally in the place of where this house was, it was a stop for streetcars back in the day when they were operating in Sioux City, like right around the early 1900s. And then in the 1960s and 70s, there was finally a house built there, and the family called the Lefflers moved in. And immediately when the family moved in, Things started happening. So it's not like there's crazy stories just about the Leffler family who lived Mm -hmm. there. There were sightings right away. And so they think it's because of all the heavy traffic that was coming through with the streetcars and just all the people that went through there, maybe bad energy going through there, whatever was happening. But it used to just be such a hub of traffic. So in the 1970s, there were sightings by a friend of Julie Leffler, who was one of the daughters. Um, And the daughters themselves experienced things. So the friend was in the house with Julie standing at the table making something to eat. And she felt what seemed to be a cat pacing and rubbing along her legs. She complained about it to Julie saying, like, get your cat away from me. She keeps tickling me. Was there a cat in the house? And Julie said, that's impossible. We don't have a cat. No. Uh, Another instance, uh, the girls were in the living room watching TV. And all of a sudden, they heard the washing machine start to run. When they went to check it out, they saw it was running. But no one had started it. No one else was home. They tried to turn it off, but could not. They finally moved it, unplugged the power cord from the wall, and the washer continued to run until the cycle was finished oh. it continued that's to wash that's convenient though I know, I know. were there clothes in there done. nope it was oh, just, just washing kidding. Kidding. Then that's, that's maybe annoying. they're like we invented why? something new <laughs> why didn't they throw their clothes in halfway I know like, I well, feel like if it's well gonna... this is running I might right? as well just fucking wash some clothes let's, let's put some things it's in another here. load of laundry I'm talking about this like <laughs> it wasn't a fucking ghost laundry situation if I unplugged a washing machine like just throw your clothes in don't run screaming from the house I'd be having a panic attack. So after this instant, Julie's friend never came back. We don't blame her. But but these two girls were not the only ones who experienced the strange occurrences. Mr. Leffler, the father, reported occurrences to the to I don't think he reported to the police, but just to neighbors and friends. Um, He said he was home playing cards with his wife when a marble went flying across the room, hit the radiator and then landed on the dining room table as if it had gotten chucked, like, as hard as it could, bounced off and landed on the table, and they were just sitting there stunned for a good 
10 minutes who has marbles just like laying around yeah i know well that's what it makes me think in the 1970s you played marble you played like jacks or whatever where you like bounce the oh bounce the ball and pick up jacks yeah i mean that's not marble it's not a marble but similar you rolled around marbles and hit other marbles or whatever the fuck you did yeah that's true when i was little i had marbles i think i definitely played marble games it also could have been no when was this the 70s you said the 70s just not an exact year it was kind of just throughout the decade stuff happened i was gonna say it could be you know how people get those plants that are in like water and instead of soil it's just like marbles oh yeah oh yeah you know did those but exist like, no though? that's the that thing you put in like beta fish you're exactly right everyone has marbles what are we questioning that's true yeah why well, was this a question sorry but it, it was as if it got chucked across yeah, the room it reminds though. me that though of like me. the the movie poltergeist how just yeah. like random shit would appear and like fly across the room could it, it be was like coming from another dimension or something Yikes. right that's Probably interesting so that happened and I would have had a heart attack. They were completely stunned. And then Mr. Leffler also saw a lady in a blue dress walk out of their bedroom and down the hallway. And it looked nothing like his wife or anyone he had ever seen before. And once she turned the corner, she was never seen again. And that was the one and only sighting of what this What shade woman. of blue? I'm just I don't kidding. know. Periwinkle. Is that periwinkle <laughs> or is that purple? I it's in like I purple blue. and blue mixed together, so, right? I wasn't wrong completely. I should know this. Yeah, I'm like wedding planner. Wedding planner you should, should know, know your <laughs> colors. My Googling periwinkle after <laughs> client meeting. <laughs> Sorry, listeners, Sorry. if periwinkle is not blue, but uh Robin's egg. Go on. Robin's egg blue was the dress. <laughs> There was one death that had occurred on the property, but this was after sightings had already happened. So this just added to the fun. Oh, yeah, yeah. One of the daughter's ex-boyfriends choked another male friend to death in his <gasps> car while in the family oh. house's driveway. And this was late 1970s. It may have been 79 or 1980. They weren't sure on the year exactly. Why? But he, I assume it was over one of the girls. They were oh, fighting over her boy. is what they think. Ugh. But he was Women. choked to death in the driveway. <laughs> Can't but, live with him. Can't live with him. Can't live without him. But that makes me think because things had already started happening and this death didn't necessarily cause things to happen. Yeah. What if it's like an Amityville horror situation yeah. where the boy right. was taken over by a bad energy yeah. and was he felt well, the especially because it aggression. was the boyfriend, right, that yeah. did the killing. If he spent enough time in this place that was filled with bad energy, like he could have just absorbed some of it and been it manifested angrier or. That it wasn't really him, yeah. right? Or it wasn't really him. Uh, I want to go to the. I want to go back in time, and go to the trial. I know. See him saying, "I want to hear." I don't remember Iowa. it. <laughs> I blacked out completely. I don't remember. I know. So this it house was Niles Crane. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go back and watch this trial. Um. So the house was just cursed. I mean, that's why the belief has happened is that strange occurrences were happening anyway as soon as this family moved in and lived in it for years and years, but then this murder also happened on there, so it's just a house that no one wants to go by. It's still standing, hasn't been demolished or anything. It's at 3427 Garretson Avenue. Oh, wow. If anyone wants to go visit it, I thought I, I would just put it out there. I also just realized Niles Crane is like an actual person. Yeah, it's from Fraser Frasier. Crane's yeah. brother. Fraser yeah. Crane's brother. <laughs> I was just trying I to think of like an old name. you were like making name. a joke about that. No, I, I, I did too. I was just thinking of like an old name of like a guy like... <laughs> 
Ferdinand. Immediately Ferdinand thought McGuff. of Frasier. I also watched a lot of Frasier growing up. <laughs> Is that what the Iowans did? Watched yep. Frasier? Mm-hmm. No, we. I think me and Terry Frasier both thought you were Frasier takes place in Iowa. Just a... kidding. No, it no. Like, takes place in Seattle. Sure Seattle. <laughs> <laughs> it's like in the like logo. Yeah. Of the... <laughs> oh my gosh. So the house is good still show. standing. It hasn't been still demolished. There. It's, it's not just like the a Amityville tall, house. white old house. Hasn't been demolished. It doesn't look scary or anything. I don't think you'd drive by it so and like be no like, one No one lives there. I think people do live there now because you can't go students. on public tours or anything. Oh, it looks okay. like it's still private property, but it's on a street that you can drive up to, and I think people will drive past it just to see. Just going to go like, the next the time house. I'm home. I know. Yeah, next time you're if home, you should go. Minutes, yeah, you should go and like knock on the door and be like, "I am so sorry. I don't know if you get this all the time. Listen to is keep anything it weird. <laughs> weird happening in your house right now? Can I come in with my little EMF reading? <laughs> <laughs> See if I can get a reading. I'll just, I'll just be, be a, a minute. quick ten minutes. It's fine. <laughs> So that was just a quick little thing on the house. Now I wanted to move on. I kind of have my little categories. Now I'm moving on to an abandoned insane asylum. Oh, they're oh. always so haunted. They're always so nice and pretty and just, just love nothing no wrong. No, they're so gorgeous. No I'm going to show you guys pictures too. And maybe Great. we can put them Please. up on our Instagram because it, I just hate it. So... <laughs> So this place is called Edinburgh Manor. It's in Scotch Grove, Iowa. I'm just going to keep looking at you. I don't think I know where that is. I'm going to say like Southern Iowa. For those of you that have your map out this whole episode. (laughs) If anyone has their map out. just looking at a map this whole episode (laughs) while we're talking. We do our hometown haunts. They they pull out their atlas. (gasps) They're like, wait a minute. Expect. They're here. (laughs) (laughs) We will take you on a trek across the state of Iowa. So in most of the articles I read, I went across a couple different w- different websites and stories. It seems like it's one of the most haunted spots, not just in Iowa, but across the Midwest. The one oh, that wow, has the wow. most stories and the one that gets investigated the most by paranormal teams across the Midwest, I which never heard of this. I think is crazy because the Velisca X murder house is also in Iowa. But apparently, yeah. be- I think... Since that one is a little more touristy, maybe this one is more of the low-key investigated one that's not like, hey, we have a sign out front telling you to come in. Yeah, we have a sign that looks like it's written in blood. Yes, exactly. (laughs) Oh my gosh, that's what cracks me up about the murder house. But anyway, so it's very well known, but I don't think you can stay overnight and all the different things. I think you can probably do a tour and obviously paranormal teams have been in there. So, I mean, you can still have access to it, but... Anyway, originally this land was intended to be a courthouse and then it was redone. It never actually opened as a courthouse, but that's why a building was put onto the land. But then it was redone to become something called a poor farm, which would be a comfortable retreat for very poor people who were lazy, able-bodied and willing, independent applicants that just wanted a place to live their lives. What? I've never heard of that. What? How do we go? (laughs) How do I live there and do nothing? I want to live, but do nothing. So it's just a place that, like, if they didn't want to have jobs? Pretty much. Well, this is what happened. So those who lived there were asked to farm the land in return for their room and board, but they didn't have to be out in the real world, basically. So this was a place for them to live. So a bunch of loners living together. Yes, just a bunch of loners (laughs) who needed a spot, didn't have a lot of money, but didn't want to necessarily go out into the real real world and just thought i will do your farming work and then stay here interesting what year is this sorry did you already say that? this was in the early 1800s 
1800s. Oh, yes, okay. I believe. Mm-hmm. Because I'm thinking this so is like 1955. Had, yeah, I was going to say, so we still had antisocial <laughs> disorders in the 1800s, it seems like. Yeah. yeah, I think this was still in the 1800s. Well, in the and- 1800s, too, like if you didn't get married... You were a little bit of a social outcast in general. Yes. Yeah, so and I think that was totally what was going on. If it was on. single, older people that never yeah, got married, it's kind Sorry, of like, oh, what do I do? Yeah. yeah. What do I do with my life? I'm going to go to the poor farm. <laughs> so, yeah, 1850 was when this was around. So they were farming the land um, and returned for their room and board. But it was believed that the house was holding those who were insane and had disabilities that were pretty severe. That was kind of what it came to be known by. They Mm -hmm. don't think it was just social anxiety. They think something more was going on and they were housing like very disabled people. That was kind of the rumors that were swirling around this place. So the house eventually shut down in 1910 and they decided to just turn it into a full-blown asylum because that was sort of what was going on anyway mm-hmm. to some extent and also you already have the facilities and so you already have the facilities yeah the building had grown so much already while it was the poorhouse, there were 80 documented deaths jeez what? all of which were from very strange causes i couldn't find an actual list of the causes i searched and searched and searched so listeners if you want to do some more googling you can but Apparently, the deaths were very strange and seemed out of the blue or just fishy, like another person had attacked someone else. Just very bizarre. And so this is why they believe there's bad energy and supposed spirits going around the property because it was just horrible what was going on there. So the house closed in 1910. Um, It was rebuilt, added on to to become Edinburgh Manor, which we know it as today. And Edinburgh Manor was housing people with extreme mental illness, disabilities, and also just very elderly people. And you can, oh, I just saw you can take a tour for $200. Okay, anyway, sorry, that was a little, it's like a little ad just popped up as I was reading. It's an expensive tour for an abandoned mental institution. I know, it better be good. (laughs) Like, I'm good, I'll just snap a photo outside and say I went in. (laughs) Sorry, that advertisement popped up as I was reading and I was like, oh, hey. The $200 um, thing? Yeah. It was like, come <laughs> on, because I have all these That's links up money, still as I'm reading, you know? and it just popped up. So there have been numerous accounts of paranormal activity since the building opened. Um, an investigation started in 2012 with paranormal teams coming in. So pretty recently. So the asylum was actually open up until 2009. And in 2010, oh, like that was when it officially closed. And 2010 is when the people officially moved out. Because for a while they just said, we're closed. We're not taking anyone new. We're shutting this down. But then 2010 was when people officially left. But they left everything behind. Like all the patients left. We don't know where all of these mentally disabled people ended up. Well, at least all it, the workers if it was left. 2010, at least they... If they were unable to care for themselves, they probably got placed in homes or at sure. least kept track of. It, it wasn't, wasn't back like in the day when they were just released into the woods. They literally wow. just... Out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, That's like crazy. back in Not the day, back in like the early, like the 50s and 60s, yeah. if, a, if an institution shut down and like their family didn't come get them, they just got left just, there. Yeah, and they were just roaming the streets. Like, yeah. What do I do? Where do I go? Like Cropsy. Just they so, just yeah. Live in the woods. Was, oh, gosh. <laughs> I was yeah. thinking... So, yeah, thank God this was later in life where hopefully they did get placed somewhere else. But yeah. it just is very bizarre. That they just left everything behind. There's documents out everywhere, people's charts. Everything was just left in disarray. That's very weird. As if they didn't have time to clean up. I know it sounds like something out of the 80s. They so, like left overnight. 
Yeah, yeah like one spend day another like, day here. Leave. Let's and just take off. Yeah, like what? Walk down that gravel road over there. <laughs> what happened so bad that they were like, let's just get out of here and leave everything as it is. So that seemed very strange. But paranormal teams started coming in in 2012. It sort of was reopened for people to come in. The building was in complete disrepair, paint peeling off the walls, tons of water damage in the lower levels. But then again, everything just sitting in place, all the desks, all the paperwork, Everything was out. It almost looked as if someone was planning on returning. The beds were made and the furniture was sitting like perfectly in place as if like circle time was about to happen in the common area. Well, like, if all that damage was happening already, like it had to have been in disarray before they shut down. Right. Because you, you don't just get wonder what was going off on. the walls in like five, right. six years. Right. But I don't understand, like, what was happening there. I'm just so curious that it was falling apart. No one felt the need to fix it up. No one was doing anything. They just were leaving it in disrepair. And then were like, bye. bye. And just left everything. Also, like, who was applying for jobs there up until 2010? <laughs> yeah. Jesus. Also, personal belongings of patients were still in their rooms, like bags and clothes and, like, everything. It's wow. just, it's so weird to me. Hmm. So many people who have visited it, report that lights will turn on and off even though it's like the electricity barely even works in this building but lights will still flicker on and off and like you'll hear clicking sounds as if someone's flipping a switch but no one is there (sighs) there have been voices whispers whistles and singing we've heard some singing before oh geez um caught on evps similar to when me and ashley caught some voices when we did the hotel like you don't hear them live but when you play them back you can hear people singing and whistling very clearly plates have flown across the room in the kitchen area all kinds of things so and is this like reports from like tourists who have paid the 200 it's mixes of it's mixes of tourists and paranormal teams and actually what's cool is the edinburgh manor website has the evps and some creepy pictures posted online from different paranormal teams that went up there so listeners you can go on when you google edinburgh manor it's the first link it's their actual website and you can go they have a link that says evidence and you click on it and it's all these pictures and a couple of their evps where you can listen to the singing and the whistling which we can totally do after this yeah um so it's kind of cool that they're like hey we own up to it here you go yeah it's not like they the only revenue they're getting is from, from people this, going from on tours. paranormal tours yeah. so it's not like yeah no one's they don't have to, to like protect themselves nice place yeah. anymore but yeah <laughs> i just love that it's all out there for you to find it's and... like the biltmore when we went in we we're like have you seen a ghost and everyone's like no not here and we were like we want ghosts and they're like have i seen a ghost <laughs> Let me tell you. <laughs> they lied to us until they realized we love ghost yeah, things. Yeah, they were like, no. The- oh, wait. They were like, never. no, ma'am. We've never seen we've a ghost. Not such a beautiful hotel when yeah. nothing occurs. And they were like, Wide oh, eyes. shit. Let me tell you about the oh, time let me a box tell you about flew at my yesterday. head. Yeah. <laughs> right now. The other day I when the it. door shut on me. Yeah. I so. am a ghost. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not real. <laughs> so the freakiest thing about this place is there is an evil spirit there that has been nicknamed by all the visitors who have come through as the joker and it has been known to choke visitors where someone will feel a very sharp pressure around their neck as if a hand or like a thumb is sticking into their neck trying to choke them it never lasts very long to where anyone would actually be able to pass out or die but it's enough that you lose your breath for just a second and you feel a heavy pressure on your neck yeah or can't swallow it's happened to 
multiple, multiple people. I don't know where the nickname Joker started, but say, it's now very it? known. Like if you go there, are you going to try and find the Joker? It's like th- those are the things Ooh, being really? passed around. So he's lying around there, which is very unfortunate. <laughs> so he's lying, he's lying, around. He's lying around waiting for you to come visit. <laughs> Um. Yeah. So that's Edinburgh Manor for the most part. It definitely has a dark feeling to it. Whereas I definitely think there are haunted places, probably like the Leffler House, where things happen there, but no one ever said, "Oh, I feel evil." They just yeah, said, like, "I saw I a woman." Like I'm in danger, or something threw a cr- flew across our room. You know, scary things, but right. you never felt in danger. Everyone who walks into Edinburgh Manor reports it feels evil. It feels dark. It feels wrong. It's cold everywhere. Like it's it's the whole nine yards. Yeah, that like gives it's, me that yeah. This is not a good place, and I think it's all those horrible deaths. I mean, I'm sure I there mean, was that's, murder. That's pretty. That's pretty par for the course for a, a asylum. an insane asylum. Of course, yeah, because yeah. no yeah. one no one has spends time in an insane asylum, and it's like that was really nice. Yeah, <laughs> I had a really nice, I had a really good time. There. Yeah, no, let's go back. Just makes me sad that the poor farm who was supposed to be like, hey, all. All you wandering souls out there who don't have any money, come on in. And then it sounds like they were completely just mistreated. Well, and, and I, the thing is, is I wonder. I'm gonna, I'm gonna do some research on like poor farm, not necessarily that one, but like right. poor farms what across the general. country because what it could have been ex convicts, totally that can't get, a, get job a job yeah. elsewhere. So they mm-hmm. go to what is the poor farm because they are poor. One and two, mm-hmm. they can't get a job elsewhere. So it could just be a bunch of. Men who had been to prison for murder, rape. Sure. And they still have all that aggression. Yeah. yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. So it's yeah. not great, Iowa. <laughs> not, not super Only chill. Only in the 1800s. <laughs> <laughs> pretty cool now. Like, I guess. It's no longer 2010. <laughs> you're right. You're right. You're right. So my eight years, we've really fixed the place up. <laughs> we've done great things. Very progressive. <laughs> Oh, hello, LaCroix. Um, so my last one, again, just going through my my different landmarks. Now we move to a school Yay. near Des Moines. Des Moines, right? Des Moines, yeah. It's... People say Des Moines, no, and I want to punch people. them Des in their balls. Moines? A little Isn't that disgusting? Lesson. Des Moines. It is, yeah. <laughs> we have a Des Moines, Des Moines in uh, Illinois, don't we? I could just be thinking of Iowa, I think actually. it's Iowa. Because it's... We have a Des Moines. You're right. Oh, hey. <laughs> that is true. I think it is just Iowa because no, I feel Joe, like you always. Pick Joe Des makes fun Iowa. of the way we pronounce things because the thing is, is like in in Southern Illinois, we have a we have a lot of towns like we have a Cairo, like oh, Cairo, yeah. Egypt, mm-hmm. yeah. Cairo, but everyone calls it Cairo. It's Cairo, <laughs> of course. And we then did. we have a Virgin, but we call it Virginis. Oh my god! Like Joe, be like, so you have a Illinois, town called though. Virgin, and I'm like, it's Virginis. He's like, Ashley, that's Virgin. I'm like, I understand that it's Virgin, but, but if you say Virgin, you're gonna get made fun of. It's yep. Virginis. That's exactly right. <laughs> yeah. That is in so many Midwestern places, though. I don't think they have that's like even really classy. Illinois, like, like we have a but Paris. we ruin it. Yeah, yeah, but we're like, you know, yeah, we ruin it. With oh, something totally. Cairo, <laughs> Cairo, Illinois. It's Cairo. There's a Lebanon in um, oh, yeah. Tennessee, I believe, Lebanon. or maybe oh. Illinois. And everyone either says Lebanon or Lebanon, Lebanon. like Lebanon. Lebanon. Like, no. Yeah. We can't no. say anything right. Des Moines. So, Des Moines. Yes. I mean, we get people who say Illinois still. I uh, did. You what? did one day. That was. I thought had to have just been In a one slip. Day. Though it was. Oh, weird. it was a total slip. I'm from Illinois. So I, was like, like, I know it's not Illinois. <laughs> 
but for whatever weird. reason, Ashley's I think whole it's because she was yeah. like, <laughs> pronouncing Isn't it wrong. Isn't it wrong? I think that it might she have had something twice. to do with like reading it or something, Maybe. or like being out of it, or they I don't know. Screamed but I said it twice. Illinois. Des Moines, Illinois. Okay, so Des Moines, there is a creepy little school. So it's called Farrar Elementary School. It sits isolated in Des Moines with only a few buildings around it. And Farrar, I guess, is kind of the name of the neighborhood. It's in Des Moines, but this is like the little borough. I don't know if you call it suburb, whatever. Sure. So um, it is very isolated. There's only a couple of buildings around, but one of the areas around it is a 150-year-old cemetery located just across the street. So, hey... The school that sits- is a really good like technique for discipline. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if you're like, that, see that cemetery right there? That's what happens when you don't behave. Yep. That's what happens when you don't listen to the teacher. I we and bury yeah, your and then you're always holding your breath. Yeah. <laughs> you're oh, yeah. breath. You hold your breath by a cemetery. Yeah. Oh gosh, you can never breathe. Yeah. You want to be buried over there, kid? <laughs> oh god, that'd be horrible. You can't say that to You're children. The best you can't say that to children? I've been doing it wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I've been living my life yes. wrong. So it's about thirty minutes outside of Des Moines and it's in Polk County. So people who have em- entered this now empty school say they are definitely not alone every time they're in there mm-hmm. it has been anyone who's investigated it or stepped foot in there again this is different from the asylum in that it doesn't necessarily feel evil but it always feels like someone is in there with you so the school was built back in 1921 and officially opened in 1922 served children in Farrar for 80 years until finally kids from this school joined another school in the surrounding area they decided to just consolidate and move students over and it has sat abandoned ever since and the population because of this also started to dwindle so this town kind of became deserted a lot yeah. smaller but people kept getting buried in that cemetery. So Great. tombstones were increasing, even though the population was dwindling. So still lots of spirits hanging around. Yeah, because even though, you yeah. know, I've moved to L.A., like if I died, I'd be buried in Illinois. Yeah. You know what I mean? Home yeah. town. It's where you want to be. So it was abandoned for about five years. And then in 2006, the building was purchased by owners named Jim and Nancy Oliver. But as soon as they purchased it, they noticed something was off and they just felt wrong every time they were there. So they were starting to tell their friends and neighbors and people around the area, hey, we just purchased this school. It just feels crazy. Will you will you come over and check it out with us? And basically everyone they told was like, Hey, idiots. Yeah. Like this place is known to this be extremely haunted. haunted. And like some like, people even said our kids used to go there. And even our kids said it felt awful. And like doors would slam throughout the day all the time. And the kids yeah. were just sort of like, this is our school. This is how our <laughs> life is. And everyone sort of just was used to it. But while teachers and kids were actively in that school, doors were shutting, lights were turning on and off. It was full-blown haunted even while it was open i wish my school was haunted growing up right? so i could have an excuse to not go to school today. i'd be like right. mom it's not that i don't feel good it's that ghosty's back again yeah, yeah. the ghost was Ghosty acting came. up yesterday and i just really don't feel like becoming possessed as the like, realtor don't you have to like disclose that kind of information i know like, i think how you, you only not have know to disclose if, if there was a, a murder oh, or that's like, true. Suicide. i don't think you have to say it's supposedly yeah haunted, you know yeah you don't have to who knows? disclose that that'd be horrible you, I know. Yeah, you do I have just to don't disclose know how they there was lived a under a rock and right? didn't know. Yeah. And but. also, I think it's only within the last two years. So you can oh, have really? like, y- well, I think it depends like state to state. But 
most states, I think it's only if a murder or a suicide happened in the home in the last two years. So your house could have like 50 murders inside of it. But if they didn't happen, like within the last two years, right. no, they don't have, you to, don't have to say anything. Yeah. That's interesting. So tight, tight, tight. Yes, that makes sense. But still scary F. So, <laughs> so kids and teachers constantly saw slamming doors, lights flickering on and off, even strange figures wandering around and then vanishing into thin air. So this had been going on for decades while the school mm-hmm. was open. But unfortunately, Jim and Nancy Oliver say, Jim just and Nancy come place. along and they're like, this looks nice. Jim this and Nancy. Nice. Like I know. Those this, this looks nice and ghost Just Jim free. and Nancy from Iowa. Those nice folks. So... Um, yeah, so they found out it was haunted, but they had already purchased it and they just sort of said, whatever, we don't fully believe in that stuff anyway. We, we already went through with it. (laughs) I don't know what's happening with the cat, but. (laughs) Twitching. Her back's twitching. She wants to lay there so bad, but she doesn't want you to be there She knows Jim and Nancy. (laughs) Do you know Jim and Nancy? Is that why your butt's twitching? Oh my gosh, that was so funny. I got very distracted by the twitch. (laughs) so back in 2014 no yeah around 2014 the des moines metal band ghost hive wanted to record some music at this haunted schoolhouse they thought it would be this fun cool thing if Mm -hmm. they recorded music videos and made an album here in the school so they were allowed to come in and start filming in Jim and Nancy since they owned it, had to kind of open it up and show them around. So when the musicians first arrived, this is kind of on the reporting side of the musicians now, what they said after they recorded. When they first arrived, they said that the owners, Jim and Nancy, refused to go upstairs to any of the upper levels. They just sort of said, help yourself. We're not going to go up there with you. So they wouldn't even go to the upstairs area. Um, Their recording engineer, Griffin, set up his setup to get everything going in a little walk-in closet, which was in a classroom. It was right next door to a classroom, kind of connected. He was looking on his monitor, looking at the band. When he turned around for just a second, we looked back at his computer screen. It was flickering like crazy and then finally turned off. He said he'd never had anything like that happen with his recording equipment. Ten seconds later, it did come back on, but the volume skyrocketed in his headphones and was blasting music uh. in his ear. So he had to rip the headphones off of his head and turn it down and like basically blasted his eardrum out and was scared to death. Um, he said he'd never believed in ghosts before until this moment because his sound equipment and his screen equipment just kept crapping out over and over, which had never happened before. They reported that animals like wandered in the area but would never come inside. Dogs would just bark at the door. Cats would rub up against the front door but never actually go inside. Just all kinds of crazy things where animals would turn away. The owners themselves wouldn't even go upstairs. Like, yeah. what is that? And animals know. They animals like, know that stuff, man. I'm telling you. They're like, what? What do you see? Yeah. <laughs> what are you seeing right now? <laughs> and like, was. even when a dog is like, I don't like you, I'm like, well, then I automatically don't like you either because right? that dog yeah. knows better than any of us. They know your character. I'm not messing with that. And the band also took some pictures of the old auditorium and different things as they were walking around recording. And obviously, we don't know what this is when little white orbs are caught in pictures. Orbs, we don't, yeah. yeah. Everyone gets excited about those. We don't officially know what that means but every picture that they took basically had little white blobs in every photo even if it wasn't a perfect circular orb there'd always be some sort of white flash in every one of their photos Mm -hmm. so the band continued to record I mean they were up for it they knew it was haunted so they did their recording the music turned out fine despite 
the sound equipment messing up a few times, but they all left that day being like, okay, I think the rumors are probably uh, true. (laughs) We met some spirits. Um, Also, the upstairs areas that they did go to, minus the owners, were freezing cold, they said, which is always a sign. Unless it's December. (laughs) Unless it is the dead of winter. (laughs) The heat is broken. Right. Um, And that is the Farrar Elementary School. And those are my hauntings. So they they bought this school. They haven't done anything with it? They haven't. I feel as though they're using it just to rent out to people like this band. I think people use it for different things. They oh, okay. still it's still no one goes to school there, but it's still used for events and different things and right, I think like the auditorium gets used, yeah, can be used there. to okay. have a meeting and stuff. So it still gets used and I think that's why they bought it, but they're horrified of this place that they yeah. bought, which is yeah. hilarious, but yeah. I love those that. are some hauntings yeah. in Iowa and weirdos. There are a lot more. Obviously, I just scratched the surface with these, but Iowa has a ton of haunted places. <laughs> Didn't you have? Yeah, I have a couple ghost, ghost stories, stories from like your college from where I went to college. Dun, dun, dun. So I, I mean, going to college. So I went to University of Northern Iowa. For those of you that have your map out in Cedar <laughs> Falls, check your map. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, I feel like. When I went to college there, people are always like, oh, there's a couple ghosts on campus, but like they, they mostly just take classes. Yeah. Like, you know, they're just they're anthropology majors, and <laughs> double majors and stuff. Double major ghost. <laughs> so one of them, um, her name is Zelda. Oh, yes. And she's considered a. Ben- I can't even say the word benevolent. benevolent. Yes, I was like, I have it in my head. It always takes ghost. me a minute. Yep. So she was primarily in the theater. And so one of the stories when there was a performance of a sold out show, an overhead electrical cable became unhooked and Zelda guided the cable to fall on the only open seat in the theater. Oh, my gosh. Even if that wasn't Zelda, that's still like, holy shit. The one open seat. How could that happen? Which also it's clearly not a sold out audience, but (laughs) (laughs) unless that person just didn't show up. They were in the party. But other theater people tell stories of other antics by Zelda. They say that she appears when all the lights are shut off, that she yells, insults, opens and closes doors, plays the piano, and also sounds like a baby crying. Oh. Um, the Hate theater department does give out Zelda awards to those who have strange experiences in the theater, though. Well, that's, that's fun. Awesome. Which is kind of cool. I am obsessed with that. So back in 2009, a local writer from the newspaper... Um, her and a friend went to the theater because so there used to be like an old theater on campus and then they built a new one and they say that Zelda came over to the new theater as well. Mm. So they went at night to do like temperature readings and detect abnormal electromagnetic fields. They even brought an Ouija board, but they said they never felt her presence Nothing ever happened throughout the night. They said she never showed up. They thought maybe she was tired or shy, or maybe she could just spot an amateur from a mile away. (laughs) (laughs) I like to think it's She was like, I only talk to professionals. The other ghost on campus is a little creepier, and he resides in one of the halls in Lother Hall, which is actually one of the halls that I lived in for a year. Ah. It's an all-girls hall, which is interesting, but back in the day, it was an infirmatory, like... For like war veterans and stuff like that. We both were like, oh. uh, This one is Augie. He was a World War II soldier who died in Lother Hall when it was the infirmary. 
He's thought to reside in the attic of Lother Hall, but over the years has been seen in all parts of the residence hall. Mm-hmm. I like so, that his name's Augie. I know, right? I like that name. Me too. It's a good name. So back in 1977, at the time he was reported to have changed the lettering on a bulletin board outside one room to say, Augie will haunt. Oh. In 92, when a resident assistant claimed to have seen a man in a striped outfit walking down the hall while the hall was closed... She turned the corner. The man vanished into the women's restroom. And when she looked into the restroom, no one was there. <sighs> also have been reported to remove posters from the wall. Women have woken up to found posters in the middle of their rooms. He would turn on uh, radios and they would continue to play after being unplugged. No, why? He's reported to have turned on water in the middle of the night. And several times Augie was spotted in the army mm. uniform. You know, I think that you know the, the things that the electronics that play after they've been unplugged, I wonder if that has to do with the fact that so when when you get cold spots or when lights flicker, mm-hmm. um, the theory is that whatever's there, the entity is trying to use the energy in the room, whether it's from the electricity or like the actual like, you know, heat is energy, the yeah. actual mm-hmm. heat of the room to manifest themselves to either be seen, heard or to move something. Mm-hmm. And I wonder if because when they gather that energy that they are energetic, they are energy. Yeah. So say like this radio is playing on its own. You're like, fuck that. And you like unplug it and it continues playing. I wonder if there's like a current of energy continuously running through whatever this entity is that's allowing the radio to continue to, keep to play. Going. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. As opposed to... it's already gathered enough energy. Yeah, it's, just it's keep literally, going. you know, just it's being like, recycled. We talked about like Tesla, like how right. like energy is an act, energy and electricity, it's a natural thing in our world. Right. Like mm-hmm. if you generate electricity, it can like, the ground can conduct electricity. Yeah. Like you can have free energy, free right. electricity. We never so whatever will, this but is is able so whatever to keep this is, the electronics yeah, going. Is, is yeah. able to keep the electronics yeah. going with the energy that it's producing. I'm sure. Crazy. It makes sense. I like it. But I like the, it. The last and the scariest part of him, I feel like this Augie. is the scariest one, is a resident who awoke one night to find her TV screen was blue. She could hear footsteps moving across the floor and she was holding tightly under her sheets when someone started to pull them off from the other end of the oh, bed. Fuck no. At the same time, the TV started to flicker and the words good night appeared on the screen. Shut your damn mouth. This is the funny part. It says the resident ended up punching herself in the face when the powerful tucking of her sheets suddenly stopped and her hands flew upward. <laughs> We all would have done that. <laughs> and that is how Augie got his laugh. Those are the two ghosts Good punch uh, you and I. I never experienced anything creepy, but... I was just going to ask if you ever felt glad. a weird energy. <laughs> Might be for the best. No, I never did. Augie Even when you lived in, uh, in on that hall? Right. Yeah. The infirmary? Did you know it was an infirmary at the time that you lived there? I did. Or it used to be? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I remember someone saying, like, I was gonna say, there is a ghost remember? in this building, yeah. but most of it was like, oh, he lives in the attic, so I just never... Didn't have to worry about never it. thought about it. First floor, you know. <laughs> first floor. <laughs> on the first floor, we're fine. We're yeah. fine down here. Ghosts never live on the first floor. So before we get into murders, well, who wants to go first? Because one of the most famous things that happened in Iowa when it comes to like scary paranormal stuff would be the Velisca murder house. Right. And yeah. not only did something horrible happen there. Right. It's also haunted. Very so let's haunted. go over like what happened there first. And then yeah. let's go over. I have so, a little personal story. Yeah. yeah. Some creepy stuff. That yeah. Happened I there. can kind of dive into it. 
Am I pronouncing it right, Velisca? I think so. That's what I've always said. That's why I, I didn't look it up last night on the map because I was curious as to where it, where it is. So, uh, we know, get out your maps uh, again. Southwest Iowa. I feel like it was closer to the Missouri border. So, I like to yeah. think these people are more Missourians, but okay. <laughs> they don't count as Iowans. So this is They're back not one of us. Um, in 1912, June 13th. Was That's it a what Friday? I hate the most. <gasps> oh no, it's Thursday. Damn Shoot. it! Oh, so close. <laughs> but yeah, it says the murders remain unsolved, which is so crazy. That is nuts. I, I mean, it was 1912. That. Like, yeah, it's true. I'm sure yeah. a lot of things went unsolved. I guess yeah. Brief synopsis. Basically, this family that lived in this house went to like a church thing the day before, and that evening they were at this event and as the family was going home like two of like the neighbor girls they spent the night with the kids and like all came over had a slumber party they entered the home in between 9 45 and 10 p.m how that is really exactly known i'm not really sure but the <laughs> following morning nosy ass neighbor well nosy here is neighbors. where the nosy ass neighbor comes in oh good <laughs> the next morning here at I come. 5 a.m mary peckham the moore's next door neighbor stepped into her yard to hang laundry and at approximately 7 a.m she realized that not only had the moors not been outside to do their chores but she thought that the house just seemed unusually still so between 7 and 8 a.m., the nosy-ass neighbor <laughs> approached the house and knocked on the door. When she re- received no response, she attempted to open the door only to find it locked from the inside. So she let out the Moore's chickens, like did their chores for them. And then she called the dad's brother, Ross Moore, who came over and he looked in the place as well or tried to get into the house. So this is where they like... It's crazy because they talk about how this was like really mismanaged. And I'll get into that later about how like they people just like destroyed the crime scene. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder why it never got solved. Right. Yeah. You assholes. So they believe that sometime between midnight and 5 a.m. and an unknown assailant entered the home of J.B. Moore and brutally murdered all occupants of the house with an axe. Ugh. That's so, so brutal. Upon arriving at the home, Rossmore, the brother, attempted to look in a bedroom window and then knocked on the door and shouted, attempting to, you know, get someone to come outside. When that failed, he produced his keys that he had, which I don't know why you just wouldn't do that in the beginning, <laughs> and found one that opened the door. And then the neighbor followed him onto the porch and she didn't like go all the way into the house, but they went and like looked around the rooms. And then when he opened the bedroom door, he saw two bodies on the bed and dark stains on the bedcloths. <laughs> He returned immediately to the porch and told Mrs. Peckham to go call the sheriff. The two bodies in the room downstairs were the neighbor girls that had come over. So sad. And then the remaining members of the Moore family were found in the upstairs bedrooms. And each person in the house had been brutally murdered. Their skulls crushed as they slept. Josiah Moore, age 43, and Sarah Montgomery Moore, age 39... And then the other kids were 11, 9, 7, and 5. No. And the thing is, this is sort of like an Amityville horror situation where it's like they were all murdered in their rooms. There was no evidence that they had been like like taken to the rooms one by one and killed so right. it's almost they like just how did no one wake up and hear screaming and, and hear yeah. sounds yeah. from the other because places. like there were people there were multiple people in each room and right. someone there, it was like they're up. all like and it goes into like weird things of the crime or like facts but like they're all like perfectly laying in their beds yeah. so how does that happen also and the door's locked from the inside so it's like oh, that's who, true so like how did they how did right. they get out unless 
Because in my mind, it's like one of the bolts that you have to like turn. Very right, true. I don't know, know what locks were like yeah. in 1912. Yeah. Very different from today, I'm sure. <laughs> so that is interesting. It's just a wooden block that you right. <laughs> just up down. and down. <laughs> so yeah, once the murders were discovered, the news traveled quickly across the small town and neighbors and curious onlookers converged on the house. And so law enforcement officials quickly lost control of the crime scene because basically people were like tramping through like the house. Through. Like that what is... happened? Which is also oh, like, that why would you want to so see mad. that? Yeah. I, why are you coming no in thanks. to gawk at it? Literally, it says this in here, was before, people were gawking at the bodies. Yeah, this <laughs> was gawk. before forensics. You know, know what I mean? This was still, before. I mean, still, it's horrifying. I certainly wouldn't be like, I'd like to see this. But, you know, this was before people were, you know, they might take like shoe prints and stuff like that. But like they didn't have DNA. They didn't right. have any reason to like swab anything. They didn't have fingerprints, right. really not reliable ones. So, yeah, yeah nothing. They Why not? Count Come on, on in. Well, and it Come talks about that. It was like even here. if they were able to contain like the crime scene they said that they probably wouldn't have been able to solve it anyway because DNA no. I think came out shortly after yeah and it was so primitive oh yeah so yeah. fingerprinting was a fairly new venture and DNA testing was unimaginable yeah of course and the thing is like the, how they served murders all. back then were literally just like talking to people let's go ask some folks yeah what they and thought. like yeah right it, it was all based on like hunches it says, although a local no druggist idea. had the forethought to attempt to enter the crime scene with his camera, he was promptly thrown out. Oh. So he could have, you know, yeah. at least taken Jeez. photos. Yeah. yeah, let him take some pictures. Didn't they suspect, maybe you're getting to this. Oh, I'm, I'm turning into you, Ash. <laughs> Did they suspect it was the preacher? I don't know if that's part. I thought oh, I heard I a story know. about that. They thought that maybe it was the preacher, but he was brought in and let go. I think. The preacher? That. Although, like the man at the local church. Wow. And they had just been at a church event the day before. Oh, shit. I mean, there are some crazy facts in here. So let's see. Curtains were drawn on all of the windows in the house except two, which did not have curtains. And those windows were covered with clothing belonging to the Moors. All of the victims' faces were covered with the bedcloths after they were killed. They found like a kerosene lamp at the foot of the bed of like the parents. The chimney was off and the wick had been turned back. And the chimney was found under the dresser. What? <laughs> that doesn't really make sense. I'm not really sure why that. That was Excuse the best. Thing. What? <laughs> the chimney was found under the dresser. Well, I wonder what? if they were planning on burning the house down. Maybe because then it says like the ceilings in the parents' bedroom and the children's room showed um, gouge marks apparently made by the upswing of the axe. Jesus. Uh, a piece of a keychain was, was found wild. on the floor in the downstairs bedroom. A piece of what? A keychain. In a downstairs bedroom. Uh, so that was just one piece. Was it like of... a Tamagotchi keychain or like, <laughs> like one of those little nanos? Maybe. <laughs> little rabbit's foot. Okay, go yes. on. A pan of bloody water was discovered on the kitchen table as well as a plate of uneaten food. Ugh. Again, the doors were all locked. Was um, he gonna sit and have a meal when yeah. he was done? What's going on? So one of the girls, Maybe a great coat eat? covered her face. What is going and on it, here? Yeah, they like talk about how it looks like as though they, one of them had tried to like kick her way out of the bed because she was like turned sideways with mm. one hand up under her pillow. I mean, that's how I sleep. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> I do sleep with my arms up. I sleep with my arms above my head. I can't sleep any other way. It feels so right. I'm either on my back with my arms straight up or like I'm laying on my side with my arms straight Me up. Me too. I'm a nightmare. I'm the same. We're the same person. We're the same Twins. person. So it's funny, though, because uh, 
with the uneaten food there, but apparently they reported a slab of bacon was on the floor in the downstairs bedroom lying near the axe. This guy was just snacking and what killing. Going on? And it What's was wrapped happening? up in a dish towel. A second okay, slab of well, bacon about the same size was found in the ice box. So I don't know what like, the what hell he was, doing. was going on. <laughs> yeah. It's like, I'm hungry. No, I'm not after all. Oh, it's too hot. Put in a towel. What was he doing? What was he doing? Was it cooked bacon? Does it say? Oh. Or was See, it, I, I it seems like, not if it's I was like a slab. Say, if it was it would a slab like, of bacon, it wouldn't even be right? cut up. It would just be, ugh. Yeah, I guess you're right. What? Okay. What the hell? Yeah. And that's, yeah, I mean, they didn't, again, like they didn't. Um, wasn't solved. Like it was, the crime scene was sort of destroyed by the neighbors gawking around. Assholes. Um, they could do. Yeah. And I mean, obviously they're like the murder, the murderers are probably long dead. And- sure. But still, I just hate that. I hate cold cases. I want to know. Yeah. I struggle with them so much. Everyone in this family looks creepy, though. So like. Are you looking at pictures? Yeah. It's a- so there is a website where they like show. So, OK, so you can go to this place now in Iowa and yeah, you, can. you can like stay the night there. Yeah, you can. You it's can like it a out. bed and breakfast, isn't yeah. it? Mm-hmm. It's great. I have a little. Oh, what is what have you possible found? suspects? Reverend George Kelly. You were the right. Reverend. Okay. Frank F. Jones, William Mansfield, Loving Mitchell. That doesn't Excuse sound like me. a name. Um, George Kelly was actually tried twice for the murder. The first ended in a hung jury while the second trial ended in an acquittal. Wait, who's George Kelly? Did I George the Kelly reverend. was the reverend. Yeah. Oh, he, he was, was actually, the he he was was actually the most, tried he, he was their most serious suspect. Okay. Um, other suspects were also exonerated. So that's kind of crazy. So George Kelly was a traveling minister, actually, who was in town the night of the murders. So mm. he wasn't... He wasn't there the day before. priest. He was described <laughs> as peculiar, reportedly having suffered a mental breakdown as an adolescent. As an adult, he was accused of peeping and several times asking young women and girls to pose nude for him. So this wasn't well, just like, oh, ew. it's our pastor. Right. Like, this was a fucking he creepy. He was a creep. So on June 8th, so he was there the night before. Okay. He came to town to teach at the Children's Day services, um, which the Moore family attended on June 9th. He left town on June 10th. Um, hours before the bodies were discovered. Wait, what date? Hold on. I'm wrong. 13th. Hours before the bodies were discovered, Reverend Kelly had confessed to the murders in court, but the jury didn't believe his confession. Shut up. (laughs) This story is getting weirder and weirder. In the weeks that followed, he displayed a fascination with the case and wrote many letters to the police, investigators, and family of the deceased. This aroused suspicion, and a private investigator wrote back to Reverend Kelly asking for details that the minister might know about the murders. Kelly replied with great detail, claiming to have heard sounds and possibly witnessed the murders. His known mental illness made authorities question whether he knew the details because of having committed the murders or was imagining this account or making it up for attention. It was totally this guy. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Or well, he might here's be the thing. Nut. Okay. Two years after the murders, Kelly was arrested for sending obscene material through the mail. He was sexually harassing a woman who applied for a job as his secretary. He was sent to a mental hospital in Washington, D.C. Investigators speculated again that he could be the murderer of the Moore family. He was arrested in 1917 for the Villisca murders. 
They got a confession from him. However, it followed many hours of interrogation, and he later recanted after two separate trials. He was committed. Er, yeah, acquitted, acquitted. Sorry. But yeah, no, there's still... Jeez, oh, man. There's a ton of other... He was a peeping Tom, and he had like right. weird sexual desires for like. I don't young know girls. if he was an axe murderer. I don't know if he was an axe murderer of like young children. It's true. He was still a reverend for like a children's, yeah, church. He might have had. Some, I don't know. That's there was true. a ton of. Um, it's just crazy that he claimed he did it, and the jury just said, "No, yeah. thanks." The jury was like, "There's right. no way. You're a right? pastor. You're a man of God. I'm glad you, you never do anything wrong. so bad that like the two girls that." God asked for a slumber party. I know oh, the poor know. neighbor girls who happened to be there. Yeah. That's one of those things. I mean, like, it's horrible that that whole family got murdered. Right. But that's one of those things where right. it's like. I mean, I feel bad for the yeah. whole family. I mean, I feel bad for the rest of my guests. Right, but, like, the kids. <laughs> um, but, yeah, imagine, like, at least they all died together. Now these other family, you know, these parents have to think, like, yeah. oh, if I had only told them no and, like, kept but them instead, home for the night. my two girls are gone now. <laughs> oh, I can't think yeah, of that Yeah, it's just, like, so bizarre to me because, like, what you were saying about how did no one else wake up or, like, Yeah, get out how do house? you not hear the sounds to get up or get out? Like, Because the thing is, even axe, if it like wasn't you... screaming, like, if you're getting hit, if someone's getting right? hit hard enough in the head to crush their skull, someone's going to stir. Yeah. Like right. someone's going to wake up. And feel that but the thing is, that. there was no DNA testing. So what if he actually went into each room and drugged each person? Mm. You know what I mean? It seems like he spent he? quite a bit of time in there. He almost ate a meal. He got some bacon out of the fridge. So right. what if he two went in? He was two having a good old time in the house. So what if he like went in, like drugged each member so that they were drugged and asleep and then went around and like yeah. crushed all their skulls right. and That's chopped very them very true. Pieces. So they were sedated. Maybe. Could have been. And I mean, I guess it's he could have locked the doors and then climbed out a window. I mean, it's true. Very, Maybe it was like the old, druggist old who brought houses, the drugs you know? and then came back to take photos. Yeah, what is a druggist? His work. I don't know. I assumed I it like was like a pharmacy guy. <laughs> See, yeah, that's what like I was what? thinking. Like the pharmacist. <laughs> I, they could have put just it. Like, when you said that, I was like, is that like a drug well, they said dealer? A local, it was just a pharmacist. Like a pharmacist. Which I assume it was, was like the druggist. That's my new theory. He drugged them all and he came back to take photos of his work. But oh, he was shit. Denied. So we could take him home. Denied. It wasn't even for the cops. <laughs> so he could take home and get sexual pleasure from the photos. Oh, my gosh. I'm going down a dark circle. I'm writing a script. Yes, you are. Let's do this. So okay. yeah, tell us your yeah pers- before we not move your on. personal experience, but yeah, I called it a personal story. It's just by association to my sis. Yeah. So Julia and Tara, who are both avid listeners and weirdos, they both thanks get guys. stories, right? Yeah, they've both sent okay. in a couple of stories. They're both wonderful, so. but. Yeah, so they stayed the night here. Also with their friend Nick. He gets honorable mention too. Even honorable mention. I don't think he listens to this. Um, and it's very quick. She Nick. just had hey, Nicholas. Nick. Nicholas, you listen up. Um, she just has a couple quick things. She said, here are three c- creepy things that happened to us there. And she also said... They stayed the night, right? Yes, okay. they did the sleepover that did you they, do. They s- did the sleepover specifically because it was a haunted place or yes. because... They, okay. I mean, and the then photos online just are stay like there. still a little creepy. That they, oh, yeah. It they, doesn't like, look it like a cozy little place. In my story, they were saying that the owners that like bought the house like returned it back to the way it was yeah. when the murders They happened. restored it, yeah, yeah, to be like the children's room and the to guest look, room and just stuff. Like it. Anyway, please continue. Boy. So first she says, me and Julia were in the downstairs bedroom talking when she grabbed my arm and was staring at something right behind me. Ew. When I turned around to look, there was a chest right behind shaking like something was in it. When we opened it, there was nothing there. 
I obviously thought there was some kind of wire connected to it to make it move, but then when we checked again, there was absolutely nothing connected. The second event, she says, I was upstairs in the children's room standing in the closet taking video on my phone. I wanted to catch one of the toys that the tour guide had said the kids like to play with often. Just as I was filming one of the toys hoping it would move, I got extremely cold and something crazy flashed right in front of my face. I obviously bolted out of the closet. When I looked back on the film, you see this weird image of a white glowing ball fly in the pattern of a Z across my screen, and it was definitely not a dust particle. It moved so quickly that you could tell it was something else, and it was the size of a baseball. I would show you the video, but I lost my phone just a week later in a cab. So there's that, <laughs> dot, dot, dot. That's so sad. If anyone finds that phone in a cab. <laughs> you know, most no. people would roll their eyes at that, but me and my best friend Steven back home got one of the craziest paranormal photos I've ever seen in my entire life once at a place that is called the Massacre House mm -hmm. um, in Southern Illinois. And it was on my parents' old computer and my dad one day like surprised us with a new computer and literally like threw out the old computer. Oh, and never have that. Oh yeah, we lost it completely. It was on some like very old shitty digital camera. Right, like the first right. so it was like when that. when people like that when they tell stories and they're like I lost the picture, I lost the video. I know a lot of people are like, sure, and it's like, no, right. it fucking happens and no. it's the worst. <laughs> I don't it's roll my gone. eyes at that either. Like I was more just sad to read that she lost it in a cab. And I talked to my sister on the phone today as well saying like hey I'm going to read your stories from the Velisca murder house and she was like oh I'm so mad I caught really good audio but it's on an old phone I have no idea where it is now and I was like god damn it we have oh, not have your phones good. women I know but I mean it's so true you can't hold on to all that footage we change phones or change computers but it's such a bummer so the third and final thing is as the night continued a few of the people who were with us were saying they saw <laughs> Small, small I was, bug. I was attacked <laughs> by the tiniest bug. As the night continued, a few of the people who were with us were saying they saw the bedroom closet door open and close in the kids' room. This was the same closet I had been in earlier, so I wanted to see it for myself. Where I was sitting, I could see down the hallway of the upstairs as well as the closet door in the kids' room. At one point, the closet door in the kids' room finally opened just a crack, and at that same moment, I saw the attic door open, and quickly the closet door shut, and the attic door shut right after. It's believed the kids were hiding in the closet from the murderer, oh, and at some point, he was hiding in the attic. Ah, interesting. I just thought that was a very creepy thing to witness. It was almost like the kids heard him open the door, so they quickly shut theirs. Should also note there is no power in the entire house. They built a garage next door to run power cords to the house to connect space heaters for it in the wintertime. It also had a room with chairs and outlets to charge your phone. I'm most positive the house didn't even have a bathroom and only the garage did. We looked for wires or any signs that the house could have been rigged, but I'm certain that everything we saw was done by, and then she put dot, 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 ghost emoji. <laughs> Which I thought was fun. <laughs> And That's she's creepy. She said after that this experience, creepy. she does now believe in ghosts, whereas before oh. she wasn't sure after staying in this house. Did they did they go there to like 
explore this? for the intent of okay. they wanted to explore the house because my sister they were just, like passing through and no they <laughs> did they like the actually night. drove there and bought tickets because okay. they wanted to stay there um my sister is very much like me we love the paranormal we love the scary we used to always want to be ghost hunters when we were little i think tara and nick were more dragged along because of my sister yeah but then i, I mean they're tara, like it might be right. scary this yeah. should be fun they liked horror movies and they were kind of into it not as much as julia but they agreed to go and then i I think that's what's cool about Tara's story is she's saying I believed in ghosts after this night whereas before I thought this house is totally rigged they yeah. set this up as a fake they haunted house for blah, wires blah, blah. they looked for which is fair yeah. I would think the same thing to be honest because they have that huge sign out front I'm like you're just trying to make money but do you know how much this they pay? I'm not there. positive. I think it's pretty doable. I think it's $200. Affordable. I don't think it's $200, $200 for the asylum. I mean, granted, that asylum seems batshit crazy. So. Didn't they make it? Did anyone see the movie? Didn't they make a movie? The they movie? did oh. make a movie. Supposedly it was garbage. Oh, all right. <laughs> Let's watch it. <laughs> but I I still want to watch it. I mean, I'm I not mean, turned away from it. Murder. The other murder. I guess this one I just realized isn't a murder that I was going to talk about. So... <laughs> You suck. I know. I know. It was just more like disturbing unsolved mystery. We cool. Love that. I'm into it. I don't care. So it's really short. So I'll read it before I go into the other murder that is yeah. really sad. So we'll end on a sad note. But <laughs> before Ashley goes. So in 1978, the residents of Audison, Iowa, reported strange sights and sounds around town, especially in the forest. The townsfolk reported being awakened by strange screams and an eerie high-pitched whistle, but it didn't stop there. Cats showed up dead and mutilated, and people woke up to dogs with their necks snapped. Jeez. Many townsfolk even reported seeing a large, hairy, man-like creature wandering, or wandering around town. Hairy one woman man-like. reported that she was doing dishes one night when she looked up to see a pair of glowing red eyes outside the window staring at her. Stop. After she screamed, the creature ran away. It was seen by several different people on different occasions, but nobody ever found out what exactly happened that year in 1978. <gasps> was it Bigfoot? It's crazy. <laughs> Ooh, so possible Sasquatch. Yeah. Right. I know. Weird that it was just that one year. Right? What year was it? 1978. 1978. So I have a story actually. 1978. Mm, never mind. I was going to say mine's from 1884. Because I was looking up cryptids in Iowa. I didn't have much luck. But in 1984, there was a really crazy newspaper clipping that I found. Mm. And the newspaper clipping was entitled Wild and Hairy Woman. 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 And to summarize it, on July 17th, 1884, a group of hunters discovered a woman standing like a statue in a clear space with her back towards them. They wanted to get a look at her front without spooking her. So they like snuck around and made their way into the front of her. She was like standing very still in like a clear area. Mm -hmm. But when she saw them, she let out an unearthly scream and darted off through the woods. She ran about 300 yards and hid behind a large tree glaring at them. After another unsuccessful attempt to discover her identity, she disappeared. They explored the woods for over two hours, but didn't find a single trace of the woman. Um, the Their account of her appearance, all the men's account of her appearance was the exact same. They said she was around 20 years old. She had a sinewy form, which I assume is like svelte athletic. Oh, um, I was like, what is that? I was like, that? excuse me. She had a, a receding forehead. 
Oh. I don't know if that means like a larger like, forehead. So like a receding hairline? Maybe, but like I, I don't think it was a receding hairline. I think her skin was a large forehead. 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 Okay. Um, eyes that almost seem to shine, which I think maybe might be like reflective, like a cat or a dog's right. eyes, yeah. like reflective. Her hair was three feet long and black. It hung in disheveled knots over her shoulders and back. Ugh. She seemed to be nude. She definitely didn't have pants or shoes on. It was hard to tell if she had other clothes on or if she was just covered in hair. Oh, oh my gosh. Weird. So it almost seems like there's yeah. just like a pack of wild, hairy creatures there. Not necessarily like right. Sasquatch, like right. eight foot tall creatures, but like yeah. covered in hair, half human, half ape like. Did she like do anything bad around her? No, she, she just, just like they, that was the only time around, they never they saw, saw her again. According to, I couldn't find huh. any other reports from her except for this. It was an actual. I didn't even find the story. This was all from the newspaper clipping. Okay. In 1884, which is crazy. It's weird that both of your stories were like, just this year, had some sightings, and then bye. Like, Iowa can't hold on to their hairy people. (laughs) (laughs) We can't keep track of the hairy people. Ah, Where have they gone? (laughs) Oh my gosh, that's funny. Anyways. Yeah, so my last murder story. is apparently a real bummer. It is a real bummer. <laughs> I feel Huge like bummer. sad talking about it. So apologize. Some of it is a little gruesome. Good. But this is what prompted Iowa Haunts in the first place because one day I was telling Lauren that this murder happened when I was like in fifth grade, I think, mm-hmm. in 2000. I don't know how old I was. <laughs> and I just like vaguely remember it. And it was probably like five miles from where I lived. So oh, wow. it was super oh, close. The town is called Remsen, Iowa, which is so I grew up. So this is like 10 miles from my hometown. But like I was in between I lived on a farm. So I was in between like Lamar's and Remsen. So in 2000, um, actually 2002 is when they discovered this boy. Essentially, this family, they lived in Remsen. They moved there and they had some biological kids and then some adopted kids. Okay. In like 2000, they, some of them went to public school and then some were homeschooled as well. But apparently the kid was like tied to a chair and beaten with a paddle. Oh, oh no. I think he also had special needs, which is really sad. And so I think he just, the parents were like really frustrated all the time. And essentially they killed him after beating him with this paddle. And then they buried him in their basement. Ugh. And he was missing for two years before Before they found found. him. So I think people like locally just like assumed he was being homeschooled. And then the family, like the extended family in Michigan, reported it to the police finally. Because in like 2002, they were like, we haven't seen him in a long time. We haven't seen or heard from him. Right. So the authorities like went to the house and finally discovered that his body was like buried uh, somewhere in the basement wait and was like, he biological or adopted he was adopted he was yeah it's um, almost worse i know it like is. you adopted this boy you promised to take care of him and look yeah. how you treated him so they yeah found like his remains underneath the house two oh years later which is so crazy so in some of the articles that i found one of the other kids was like recounting the story I think he was about 15. And Timothy, the boy who died, was 10 years old. Mm. But 
yeah, he would talk about how like his parents would hit him with a paddle and they would like the other kids would like watch through like the cracks in the wall, like as he was being beaten. And apparently like when they were beating him and then they like left the room, went upstairs and then one of the kids came out and they like noticed that he was like unresponsive. And then the parents came back down and then they like shooed the other kids away. And then basically the kids later that night said they heard some like digging in the basement. Ugh. So the parents are burying I, their siblings. Part of me is like, I don't know if they like meant to kill him, but like when you're beating someone with a paddle. Yeah. Obviously get out of hand. And so, I, yeah, I think it like, it was sort of like, Oh shit. Like, he died from us beating him and so they like didn't know what to do and they buried him but yeah you can't cover that up you no. can't be like it was natural causes it's like so no he's been really beat to death the, it said this is where it's like confusing because donald was the dad and he was sentenced to 50 years in prison and the mom was also sentenced but she kind of got off on other charges of like aiding and abetting the murder and not actually doing yeah. it because mm-hmm. I think Donald was the actual guy, like, hitting the kid. Yeah. But then she kind of, like, confessed in later years that, like, she was part of it more. And so they're both, like, in jail. Thank God. But it's crazy because I'm like, you only got 50 years for, like, murdering this adopted be life? son, right? Well, Killing I mean, technically, child? technically, if you want to get... Years. Yeah, if it was accidental manslaughter... Yeah. yeah, you know they weren't out That's, to yeah. kill him. It's they true. accidentally killed him, and unfortunately, right. uh, in a lot of I th- I think most states in the United States it's illegal now, but it's not illegal to discipline your children with. Yeah, you're not wrong. Especially, I mean, when was this? Uh in two thousand. In two thousand. Oh, that's oh, about so. around the time that that people started really cracking down on. I mean, I think it was the 90s, but still people started right. really cracking down on like child abuse. Right. And like you can't spank your kids and stuff right. like that. But and I mean, it's sad because I think a lot of the kids had some like mental health issues because the the other boy who like confessed and told all these things about his parents and everything later on when they like went back to question him again, he like recanted his story and was like, my mom told me, you know, different things to say and not to say. And like <laughs> he said he was lying about everything. Um, so yeah were the other kids beaten did they have physical abuse as well i think so because a couple of the other kids also had special needs too i probably were but i think maybe because like the other some of the other kids were older they just were they adopted or were they fostered some of them were adopted so let's see so they were their actual children at this point they had four the couple had since moved their family of 13 Four Jesus. adopted children and seven biological children Jeez, to Iowa. Seven biological. Yeah, so these aren't even... Fo- okay. Like, you hear about bad say, foster parent yeah. situations yeah. all the time. I was going to say, if it was a foster, they're getting paid to... By yeah. the government, they're getting subsidized, you know, whatever, right. food, health care, whatever you want, living expenses for fostering right. children. Right. But if they actually adopt... Why? Well, like, why did you adopt this child? Motive, you agreed right? to be their parent and they were only on, to like, abuse a lot this of, child. like, state funding, too. Yeah, to, I'm like, sure. Well, that, oh, that's a thing, too. Yeah, you have more kids you get more state funding so that could be it i'm very surprised they were able to legally adopt these children after they already had seven biological children that seems the system fails children so often it kills me 
It's so sure. sad. But yeah, I think they were saying in one of the articles that like obviously it happened in Iowa, so they were tried in Iowa, but right. they said that it was if they would have gotten tried in Michigan, they would have probably gotten off with a lesser sentence, really? which is also crazy. Ugh. I, so I don't know what like their rule or their laws are and rules there, but and if they would have been tried in Texas, they would have been dead in exactly. a year. Yep. <laughs> I just Killed yeah. I think the craziest part to me is that like for two and a half years, no one like really questioned that this boy was right. missing or like hadn't seen him. Shit like that falls through the cracks all. The and time. maybe because yeah. they had Especially so many children, had, they, they had didn't so quite many notice children. That, they had yeah. which is very special sad. needs kids who, mm-hmm. you know, you could easily say we're homeschooling him. He has behavioral issues. Right. Like we're just keeping yeah. him at home. So yeah, I tried to find which I should go sometime and look, but um, I had read one article that said like no one's really bought the house since, and it's just like still. I yeah, I can imagine the that place is cursed because for they sure. were talking about how like people you know disclose that information now that like this happened there, and so I don't think anyone lives. Well, there. and it's no. hard too in smaller towns. Like you're not gonna yeah, because Remsen is probably less than half the size of Lamar, so it's probably only like four thousand people maybe. Yeah, yeah, so very small. It's no tiny. one's moving to that town. No, no one's gonna it, take yeah, that. Yeah, no one's going to take that house. Everyone knows what happened there. So, yeah, that's oh, the one I remember. For sure. So, you childhood. remember that happening yeah. five like, miles away. I remember being on the news and we were like, a murder? Like, five miles from here? Ugh, hearing that I think that my parents, child. like, sheltered me a lot. Well, and because, also, when you're that yeah, age, you know. it doesn't sink into you right. no. at all. It's, it's like a little scary, but then you're like, oh, I'm going to go play. Yeah, I'm yeah. going to yeah. go play outside. Your attention span is so short that it doesn't even matter. It doesn't sink into you that someone your own age was brutally murdered by his parents and buried in the basement and missing for two years. It's only when you're adult that you're like, I don't even want to have kids. This world Mm -hmm. sucks. Exactly. (laughs) This world's a nightmare. (laughs) Jesus. So So yeah, those are my Iowa real stories. Pick her upper. Yep. So really feel great. (laughs) Anything happy? Just some axe murders Uh, and little boy murders. That's all the time we have this week for Keep It Weird. Thank you so much for continuing to listen to our show. Or if it's your first time tuning in, thanks for checking us out. Make sure you uh, follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Keep It Weirdcast and our Facebook page, Keep It Weird. If you're a fan of the show and you listen on Apple Music, leave a review on our iTunes. Pretty, pretty, please. Check out our Patreon page if you want to find ways to get bonus goodies. Donate to our show and you will receive newsletters that are full of horror movie news, real scary stories, some terrifying works of fiction, movie reviews, and weird news from all over the world. $10 and up patrons will also receive mini-sodes with Handsome Joe, where we recap each episode topic and see what Joey has to say. If you want to know more, go to www.patreon.com slash keepitweirdpodcast. Tune in next week for part two of this Hometown Haunts episode where I wrap us up with a detailed account of one of the craziest exorcisms that's ever been documented. After that, we've got Urban Legends, Unsolved Mysteries, an episode on reincarnation, Children Who Kill, and then... It's the moment you've all been waiting for. Conspiracy Theories Part 2. I can't wait. 
Stay tuned for a promo for our friends over at your Angry Neighborhood Feminist Podcast. We love them. They are so wonderful. Keegan and Madigan uh, performed directly before us at the Swallows Flight pop-up event, our first live recording. What was that, two weeks ago now? That's insane. Was it two weeks ago? My God. Um, And they are super cool, and they talk about all things feminism and equality in our world today. They're really awesome, so stay tuned for their promo, and check them out. They're on iTunes as well. They're on Stitcher. They're on Spotify. They're everywhere that you get your podcasts. We hope you survive the blood moon and that you get your laundry done this weekend and that you eat your vegetables, and that you always keep it weird. Hi, I'm Keegan. And I'm Madigan. And we're the hosts of the podcast, Your Your Angry Angry Neighborhood Neighborhood Feminist. Feminist. A podcast that explores the world through our personal feminist perspectives. Join us twice a week as we discuss the news of the day and answer such questions as... What is it like to come out to unsupportive parents? Is Disney a problematic fave? What's an incel? Is Topanga Lawrence the Yoda of our time? Sure is. (laughs) And Keegan, do we get everything right 100% of the time? Hell no, Madigan. We're always learning and growing and more than open to correcting ourselves. Okay, by the way, we also use bad words. This is your explicit language warning. Sorry. Tune into your Angry Neighborhood Feminists on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And we encourage you to to rage rage on. on.